into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rookie record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, A.J. Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. On today's episode, we will cover the disappointing loss the basketball team suffered at the hands of the Missouri Tigers, and we will look at what the Wildcats need to improve upon in order to beat their in-state rival in the Louisville Cardinals. We will then get you all ready for the Music City Bowl as the Kentucky Wildcats look to make it five straight bowl wins as they take on the Iowa Hawkeyes for the second straight season. And Sam, I'd like to start with the struggles that the Wildcats basketball team had the other night down in Missouri. And we talked at length before the game about how to handle the unique style of play from the Tigers that would be on display. We talked about how the Cats needed to get off to a fast start. They needed to find good shots on offense, get back in transition, and lock in defensively to keep this to a more low-scoring game. And they did none of that, which resulted in a crushing defeat by a score of 89-75. to And Sam, there were no secrets on what Missouri was going to do, so why do you think the Wildcats had so much struggle the other night? Yeah, thank you for bringing us in there, AJ. It's... uh... It's good, but tough to be back. Um, I'm ready to talk about this, but it was difficult navigating the depths of Big Blue Nation the last couple of days. I mean, there are a lot of upset folks, which, um, you know, rightfully so. And I think that includes myself and you, AJ. But it's been, um, you know, some time to reflect and look forward and see what this team can still accomplish. But, you know, we're, we're... we're hitting the uh, the slight panic button, you know. I mean, I'm not going to overreact or knee jerk necessarily, but to this point in the season, AJ, we are an eight and four team that has dropped out of the top twenty five. We do not have a quality win thus far. Our best opponent win so far is the University of Michigan in London on a neutral site. And I think we all have heard the news that Michigan has been extremely struggling as of late with their most recent loss coming to the Chippewa Central Michigan team in uh, the relative state of Michigan. So, I mean, it's bad for us right now. I'm not going to lie, AJ. We are coming up on the new year, and we will not have a quad one win. And that's going to pose an extremely difficult January in February for this Wildcats team, AJ, because we're going to have to fight like hell to put a resume together that is somewhat respectable in the March Madness committee's eyes. I mean, I mean, truthfully, but without diving too deep into that, I know the more important thing is focusing on what went wrong against this Missouri Tigers team. And you said it best. It's, we had the script 
I think Cal had the script. Like we, we knew what was coming. We, we said what the most important things were getting off to a fast start, start stopping them in transition because we know they're a team that wants to get out and run. They play a lot of guards, which meant we have to have the right kind of lineup out there to be able to slow them down because let's be honest, they're explosive. They want to get out and they want to make it attract me. None of which we were able to slow down nor stop. We were able to show flashes that honestly, AJ and I still can sit here and believe this. We are the better team. We have more talent. But that's not what it came down to. You know what it came down to, AJ? Cohesiveness and effort. We are clearly showing that we are not a team right now. We're just, we're not. We're, we have players, we have two specifically that I want to touch on, AJ. Two superstars and Oscar Sheepway and Casey Wallace. And I, I, I genuinely think both of those guys. If you could just not even take their skill, but replicate their mentality and their effort level, AJ, and gift it to every other player on this team, we would not be in this same predicament sitting at 8-4 and four, where the sky on Big Blue Nation is completely crumbling. We wouldn't because their effort and their tenacity and their energy and their leadership should be more contagious, but... It's not at this point in the season, and it feels like we're not coming together. And you've hinted at this previously on earlier episodes, AJ, but I think what it boils down to is we need certain guys to buy into the type of role that they have to play for this team to be successful, and it feels like we're not doing it. It feels like we're we're worried about, well, no, I, I can do this, or I can do that, or I can fix this or I don't have to lean on my teammates or trust my teammates and it's not happening. And, and it's clear, AJ, it, it truly is clear. And I, I think I got to give a lot of kudos to this Missouri Tigers team because I think they saw a flaw in our system. They saw a flaw in our team and they knew to push and battle and and show that every single possession freaking matters. And we're willing to get grittier and dirtier and work harder than you. And I know, like, you know, we can look at the stats and all this kind of stuff of the game, AJ, but I think it was more of an attitude thing. It really was to me, AJ, because when I looked at that Mizzou Tigers team, when they fought for loose balls and caused a couple of jump balls, I wasn't even worried about that. I looked at their bench, I looked at their other players, and they're like hugging each other clapping it up, bringing the energy and showing that, that that little stuff, AJ, it matters when you're playing the University of Kentucky or anyone because that's how you can win games, especially in conference play. you got to have that edge up. And it felt like we didn't have that. It felt like, you know, I'm not going to bash our guys, but it felt like some of our players, AJ, were shying away from that adversity, shying away from that pressure. You came to the University of Kentucky. John Calipari says it all the time. You have to love and want that pressure because every single night, no matter who your opponent is, you're their Super Bowl. You're the crowd's Super Bowl. Every crowd you walk into, every night, AJ, they're saying, this is the University of Kentucky. I don't care if they're bad and they're 9-16 and from a couple of seasons ago or if they're the 38-0 team. We want to beat you the same way. 
and embarrass you. And we're giving a lot of teams an opportunity to make their dreams come true early in this season. And I really do think it comes down to just a lack of togetherness and effort at this point in the season, because I, I do, I still think we have the right personnel. We have talent. I mean, if I were to tell you, AJ, right here, this is my question to you. If I were to tell you that you aren't an avid fan of the Kentucky Wildcats, let's say you're, you're an avid fan of another team, and I told you that team had two elite superstars on your team that are world-class talents, and that you could try to build a roster around them that would try to win you games. Would you take that offer? Would you say that's enough and we can worry about the role players supporting those two superstars? Is that enough? Or, or, or is this Kentucky team tr- truly SOL at this point in the season? Because that's clearly where we are. Yeah, no, it, Sam, it it should be enough to answer your question. It, it 100% should be enough. But, you know, here's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with um, a group of role players in which aren't quite living up to that expectation and, and thriving in those roles. And it happens in spurts and it happens in certain games, but it doesn't happen as a collective unit. And so you see a guy like Chris Livingston come off the bench and give you good minutes. And then you see a guy like Lance Ware come in and give you good minutes. And then you have CJ come in and give you some good minutes but all these minutes aren't happening within the same games. And it's like one game, one of them's got it going, and the other are just SOL. And so, Sam, you brought up a really interesting point and kind of was my biggest takeaway from the game. There is a lack of togetherness with this team, a lack of buy-in and compete and effort for one another. You know, John Calipari talks about this, has for, for years and years and years, but... The ultimate success of the team is what's going to be best for each one of you individually. And if you're looking to do these things individually, then our team is going to suffer. And because of it, you're not going to look as good as you thought you wanted to or what you you know, had your expectations coming into the season. And so there's not much joy when they play together out there. They seem a little bit stressed out. There's a lot of turning towards the coaching staff and putting the hands up and looking at one another like, you know, well, that's your guy. That's, that's not my guy. And, and, and a lot of, of head scratching. And so it's tough. It's tough to watch. And as you alluded to, the fan base is definitely very on edge right now. And I think they have a right to be, but Hopefully the Kentucky Wildcats can work through some of these issues, but it just, you knew the game plan going in. You knew exactly what Missouri was going to do to you, and you let them do it. You didn't ever offer any sort of resistance for a sustained period of time. And every time you did offer any resistance and you tried to get back in the game a little bit, they pounced right back on you and they brought that lead back up to 15 plus. And so, Sam, we talked about the fast start, didn't happen. We went down. And then you saw us try to battle throughout the game. And like I just said, every time we got it to a manageable score where you thought, hey, we have a chance to chip at this and get it close and really make this a game down the stretch. And every time we did that, it seemed like the foot got let off the gas and boom, Missouri's back up by 15 points. And so 
pretty frustrating from that perspective, but we just didn't do a lot of things well. And, you know, you can point to the three-point shooting being very poor the other night. And yes, some of them were open looks. You'd like for those to go down. But again, a lot of them are, are at the beginning of the shot clock with not much ball movement. So the shot really is not that great of a shot. And we talked about, Sam, before the game, the shot selection with the offense if they if we chose to take poor shots and quick shots within the shot clock, this Missouri team is going to get out and run. And you saw it even after made baskets. That's the one inexcusable thing you just can't have. You saw it after the made baskets. We make a basket, boom, they chuck it down the court and one. Within three seconds, it's like... Going into the game, you should have said... Number one priority for our guards, somebody has to be back at least by midcourt, if not further, every time the ball goes up in the air. And that just didn't happen. And so you allow this team to get out in transition. You allow a guy on their team to go for 30 points for the second straight game and just let him really dominate over the course of the game. And so not a lot of good things, Sam, but... How would you assess where we go from here as as far as the Kentucky team? Is this, you know, we need to completely change the lineups and make sh- make totally different changes and try all these different things? Or do you think this really is just more about that, that fight and that effort and, and becoming more of a team and, and being there for one another and playing for one another and having that come through? And if we can do that, then we can start to turn the corner on the season and really start to see where some of our players can thrive in the way that we know they can. Yeah, I mean, at this point in the season, AJ, where the Kentucky Wildcats set, Cal can continue to tweak, quote-unquote, and make adjustments with the lineup all he wants. At this point, AJ, I'm less concerned about that. I really am. The two biggest things that I think we should be focusing on to help turn that corner, and then we can worry about personnel and who's getting the most minutes and all that. I really do think it's two things, AJ. First, I think we have to start playing for each other. I, I really do. I, I And I don't say that lightly like it's some cliche. Like I, I actually I texted you, AJ, but I don't see us, and it's a reason – that I feel this way when I'm watching this team, and I texted you this, is I don't have enjoyment watching this Kentucky Wildcats team. Now, before all of you guys burn me at the stake for saying that, I love Kentucky with every fiber in my being. So I I hope you guys clearly know that. What I'm saying is I don't see the enjoyment out of our guys. Thus, it's making it even more difficult because just because we're losing doesn't mean I can't enjoy the games, AJ. We've lost some incredible games throughout the years, and I have just as much fun. Is the outcome not the way we wanted it? Yeah, sure, but that's not the point. It's not about the losing right now, guys. It's about the fact that when I watch this team, their demeanor, their energy, their joy feels like it's been stripped away. I don't know what the cause is. I think it's hurting their confidence. I think that's why you're seeing more woes in our shooting abilities, AJ. It, it's it's contagious. Basketball is a game 
of contagious runs. When your boys are hyped up and you're hitting threes and you're on a run, you saw Mizzou do that, AJ. I mean, Kobe Kobe Brown was literally hitting, draining threes, and it was contagious. His other players were feeling that energy, feeling that confidence. You could see their swagger. You you knew that, that like they felt AJ honestly that they owned us and that like we were they were in our heads like oh we're tougher than you we're willing to do the grittier things and it showed in my honest opinion it showed so that's why I think it's so important for this Kentucky team to come together and say you know I don't care who's on the floor we play for each other when you're on the bench and someone's getting minutes over you you still play a critical role for this team it's energizing the bench it's energizing the guys out on the court it's cheering them on and i know that sounds so minuscule but it's not if you've ever played team sports when you are going through a slump when you are going through a tough run in the game it's all the more important to feel that confidence that hey 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 hey, we've got this like do not worry about that last play we've got this you can't let one play turn into a run and one run turn into a loss and then so on and so forth because that's that's what basketball is guys and when you look at certain players they don't have that mentality when you look at oscar when you look at Kaysen, i mean i'm telling you aj go go rewatch the film they're clapping when we're down 17 saying guys don't worry about that last play let's go Let's keep it rolling. We can come back. We can come back. And they believe that till the very last tick on that clock, AJ. But not everyone believes that. We have to shift that mentality. We have to come together. And I think the biggest issue that I'm having is how are we not coming together when we had the unique opportunity to go early into the season and go to the Bahamas. And we were already together minus one single player in Hugo. We've been together for months. I don't understand how they don't have this cohesiveness and – I don't know if it's a bad group just put together that, you know, maybe there's some locker room issues. Maybe there's some personnel issues that we don't quite see from the surface. Maybe it's deep. We don't know. But it's hard for me to understand where the breaks are in our in our personnel and our team because I feel as though we should be much more tightly bound. And I don't mean to poke holes in them because – Maybe they are the closest group ever, but it's just not showing when we're playing. How about that? To not be too critical on these young guys. It's just not showing. My second biggest issue, AJ, that we have to address more than personnel, more than anything else. It's the attention to details. We've talked about it on our podcast before, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's life. It doesn't matter, guys. The attention to details matter. And the teams that do it well better position to win more games than the opponents because oftentimes games come down to the things that matter like the little details like free throw shooting aj when i broke down this game aj what what jumped out to me it was made free throws they had 25 versus our 15 that's an eight point differential we lost by 14 okay they hit 10 threes we hit eight We had a lot of open looks. Like you said, some of them were early in the shot clock. We probably could have rotated the ball a little more to look for better looks. But my biggest issue is that's fine. You were wide open. If Cal was sitting in this podcast room right now, AJ, he would tell us the same thing. No, 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 that's not my issue. I want those guys to shoot. I want them to shoot. The issue is you got to knock down some of those shots. Difference in threes, 
six points. Difference in made free throws, eight points. Difference in transition, transition baskets, I don't even want to get into that. But if we just boil it down even smaller to a, a more manageable expectation, how about inbound off made shots, transition baskets, like you brought up earlier, AJ? Eight. Eight for Iowa. I, after made baskets, after made baskets, y'all. That's that's the that is literally the difference in the game, AJ. That it, I just I just made up our deficit right there, and then some. That's my biggest issue. It, it's about the attention to detail. How are we at this point in the season? After this game, AJ, we shot sixty two percent from the line. I'm pretty sure. If you want to maybe roll the tape, you said. In our preview to the Mizzou game, AJ, we have to shoot 75% plus from the free throw line. Some of those were one-on-ones, guys. That You hit that, you, you, you're you not even, you know what I mean? Like, those points add up throughout the game, and they're so critical. And it's just a darn shame that at this point in the season, we're a team that's losing. We're a team that's losing, AJ, and pretty consistently. We're 8-4. and four. We haven't had a good win on our schedule. And somehow, when a team is you know, struggling to find wins, we're not able to hone in on the things that matter the most. Like, you know, good teams find a way to win, AJ, and that's because they do the little things right. They might not play the best-looking basketball. They might be sloppy. They might still have turnovers, but they do the little things correct. And we're not even doing that. We're not even doing that. So, I mean, you know, I think those are my two big things. That's what it's boiling down to as far as where we need to shift our focus next. What jumps off the page at you? Are you saying, are you sitting here saying, nope, it's definitely more personnel. We've got to get the right people out there at the right times because don't get, don't get me wrong, man. I've been on Twitter. I've been on Facebook. I've been listening to the interviews. I've been listening to BBN the last couple of days. That's most of y'all's focus is, we're not getting the right rotations, getting the right personnel out there. We need to try this and that, and, th- and we need to do Kaysen at the one and Reeves at the two and CJ at, you know, just blah, blah, blah. W- what's your take, man? Uh, what's your take? This is, to me, 100% about the buy-in from the players, the coaching staff, everybody in coming together as a unit. I think what you just said about the way that you're looking at what transpired in the game against Missouri. I mean, you laid it out there, Sam, the, the, the margins, the margin for error is not that big. And we could have been in that game. If we hit a couple more shots, right? So, and I think when you look at all of our games this season, I think there's some moments during the game or stretches during the game where, like you said, Sam, the attention to detail is not there. And that is the difference between winning and losing, right? Because you're going to have nights where you don't shoot well. You're going to have nights where you shoot really well. You're going to have nights where things just aren't necessarily going your way and the whistle isn't bouncing in your favor. What are you going to do? What are you going to fall back on? And you need to fall back on the fundamentals, the little things, and being there for your teammates and, and covering each other's asses and making sure that you're you're grinding one out for each other. And that's what this all comes down to. We could sit here and complain all day about 
this isn't the right lineup and why did Cal play two big guys against a team that likes to get up and run and gun and all these different things, right? Listen, we're not the coaching staff and we're not the ones that practice every day. And so I'm not going to sit here and continue to question what John Calipari and his staff is going to do from an X's and O's standpoint. I may have my opinions on some things that could make it better, but at the end of the day, me coming here and talking about that is not going to do us any good. This is what you said, Sam. It is 100% about the buy-in, about these guys coming together and, and, and starting to hone in on some of these little things, and then you're going to start to see the confidence in the play of the whole team start to rise, and then you're going to be able to have individuals within that start to rise and shine because that confidence is rising. Their teammates believe in them. They believe in themselves, and they're starting to let the game come to them. And I think that's something that can happen for this team. That's something that I firmly believe will happen for this team. I don't know when, and I don't know how, Sam, but... I have to believe that this team is working extremely hard to get these things figured out. And like you said, I don't think this is just scrap everything, change everything, throw it all away, all this stuff, and the sky is is definitely not falling. Are we in a tough situation right now? Yes. Is it magnified because of the way the last couple seasons have gone and the way in which we lost last year to St. Peter's? 100%, okay? But let's not lose focus on what's happening. We watch them play every game. We understand that there are things that can be done to change from a team that is losing these games into a team that is winning these games. And it all starts with the belief in one another and coming together as a team, Sam. That is front and center what has to be done. And once we do that, we can start to worry about the other little things that are going on with the X's and O's and the lineups and that different different stuff game by game, right? But until we get the first step, we can't move on to the second step. So let's focus on that first step. And a way to do that is to do it next game against your in-state rival. And as we transition over to this Louisville game, Sam, I think the best part about it is the Cats do not have a week off between this game and the Missouri game like they've had the last couple of weeks, a chance to hit the court for an early tip on Saturday, like I said, when they take on in-state rival Louisville and welcome back Kenny Payne and the Cardinals. Regardless of their early season struggles for the U of L Cardinals, they will be extremely motivated to come away with a victory and turn their season around. I think there's no mistaking. They can probably smell some blood in the water and they know that if they can come into Rupp and get this win, it can galvanize their team and send us packing and miserable on the way home. So the Wildcats will look to avoid that disaster by losing to a 2-11 team. And when you look at this game, Sam, is there anything that sticks out to you in particular, or does this really go back to what we were just talking about and starting to have that belief in one, one another and coming together as a team? And if we can start to do that, the play will take care of itself and we're a good enough basketball team to be able to beat the struggle, struggling Louisville Cardinals. Well, truthfully, what an amazing time for this game, in my honest opinion. And I fully believe that for a reason because 
you said it. This is a struggling U of L team sitting at two and eleven. AJ, they're bad. I, I mean, we don't have to sugarcoat it, y'all. They're bad, and we know it. But nothing would give that fan base more satisfaction than being able to beat the Kentucky Wildcats on Saturday afternoon, y'all. I, I mean, I'm serious. AJ said it. That would send us packing. Like I, I'm almost positive, AJ. There'd be fans like ready to to burn Rupp to the ground or something. I, I don't even know. I don't even want to envision it. But the reason I bring that up, and I think it's such great timing, is because this is an inferior opponent. We're much better than this team, AJ. I fully expect that we need to go in there and absolutely run them out of our building. But you can also do it in a different way because it's your rival, AJ. It, it, it's You have this hatred for one another that goes so deep and beyond the story of just the individuals that put on the respective Kentucky Wildcats and Louisville Cardinals uniforms. It means more because there's the history of this historic rivalry that you need to respect and understand and buy into. What a better opportunity, AJ, to do it right now when you you have a team that's struggling to buy in, to, to find their identity. Find it against your rival. Show that you can absolutely fight because AJ Louisville's going to come out and they're going to fight. They're sitting at 2-11. and 11. They have nothing to lose. They know everyone and their mother and grandmother are saying, Kentucky's going to be favored by 30. They're going to kill them. You know what they're saying? Screw them. We don't care. We'll fight. We'll do everything we can to try to get a W. So why not, Kentucky, why not take this opportunity to come together and win a huge game? I don't care if you're playing a 2-11 team. It's huge because it's huge to your fan base. It's huge to your, your prior players. All the historic figures in this program, it means something to them. And I, I hope John Calipari and his staff is instilling that same mentality into our players right now because, guys, it means something. Every time you step out on the court, it means something. And now it's even more magnified. What an opportunity. What a time to try to bring this team together, in my honest opinion. You can't do that against playing an SEC team, in my honest opinion. Because we got to find ourselves. We do. And we have to find ourselves as a team. And I think this comes as a very unique opportunity because whether Louisville is going to be good or bad, this game was going to be a bloodbath. And I mean that. We might win by 20, AJ, but it's, there's still going to be moments where it's a bloodbath because they hate us. And they do. They smell that blood in the water. And they want to attack. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's more, let's come together. Let's obviously use our personnel correct. I, I mean, we've got Oscar Sheway. He's coming off of a 23-19 and 19 night. They don't have a guy that can guard him. We've got guard play in Kaysom Wallace, AJ. They, they don't even have a point guard. So, so look for Kaysom Wallace to have another explosive night. Look for our guard play to step up because they don't have the personnel to guard it. We've got a lot of length and athleticism. They don't match up well with that. But it's, it's, it's an opportunity to come together. The last thing that I'll offer our listeners, because I, I know you guys just listened to me and AJ talk for the last 20 minutes about how we need to come together and be a team. And I know you guys also are sitting here in your seat saying, well, guys, we love that, but you do have to 
look at the X's and O's somewhat. And we've got to put baskets through the hoop. And, you know, I, I get that. So, so here's what I'll offer you as far as what adjustment I think needs to be made, AJ. Okay? This is my personal analysis of where the Kentucky Wildcats are. When you look at the advanced expanded analytics of our team, player by player, you can break it down into contribution levels, if you will, right? So anywhere between 25 to 30% contribution levels means what you're doing offensively, sorry to, to bring you guys back, means what you're contributing to this team, how many shots you're putting up, what percentage of our possessions are we using you is basically the analytic that I'm looking at. You've got your major contributors, your significant contributors, your role players, and then your limited role players, okay? Sitting alone at the very top of this team, AJ, is Oscar Sheboy. Rightfully so. He needs to be up there. We, we all know that, that our best offense, we've talked about it this year, AJ, is when we get the ball at least in his hands during each possession. It's when we're at our best. My significant problem is you've got him alone with major contributors, you don't even see Kaysom Wallace and significant contributors, let alone major contributors. You actually see him down at role players, AJ. He's contributing 15 to 20% of our plays offensively, yet he is clearly our best player. So I know you guys are all sitting there right now, and you're like, thank you for bringing this up. That's what's most startling to me, AJ, is we are treating, statistically, Kaysom Wallace, arguably one of the better guards in college basketball thus far. He's a two-way player as a role player. Sitting at significant tribu- contributors, AJ, th- this, you're not going to like this. You're not going to like this. So that's contributing anywhere between 20 and just under 25% of our possessions you're contributing You're putting up the shots. You're doing the dirty work. Severe Wheeler, Jacob Toppin, and Antonio Reeves. I have an issue with two of those. I have to say it. Specifically one way more than the other at this point in the season. I think our adjustment is right here. It's right here. It it doesn't even matter about those significant. We can forget about that. Kaysen Wallace is not a role player, y'all. He's an NBA talent lottery pick waiting to happen. We have to get him up in amount of possessions that he's contributing towards. We have to. We have to move him towards significant, and then he needs to get in that position where he's a major contributor. And I know you said, you actually said it best, AJ, an episode or two ago. You talked about how it's not as simple as just saying, like I, I listen to, to our listeners, I listen listen to our family members, our friends, our everyone, and the, you know they're saying, you know, the talk of the town. Put Casein at the one, AJ. Put Casein at the one. You broke it down best a few episodes ago. It's not that simple. You have to make sure that he's creating great habits before he's put in that position because we've seen it. You can ruin a player pretty quickly. Y- you can. He's a great player, so I don't think it's easy. But you can see that Cal's trying to instill the right qualities in Kaysen Wallace before he's progressed him to, you know, being a, quote, in this position, a major contributor. But it's time. We're 8-4. and four. It's time. We've got to move him up. I cannot even believe he's in the same role-playing position as Chris Livingston, 
Ugano Yenzo, Damian Collins, and Adu Tiro. That's who sits at role players contributing 16-ish, 15-ish to just under 20% of our possessions offensively. That's, that is where my biggest gripe is with this team right now when we look at it from a standpoint of statistics or X's and O's or you know offensive efficiencies. So th- those are what we need to continue to address, and I think it's a, an amazing opportunity to do it against a team that literally doesn't have a point guard, AJ. So give the ball to Kaysom Wallace, give the ball to Oscar Shibway, and let them go to work and come together as a team and show that just because Oscar or just because Kaysom's the one getting the possessions, getting the looks, does not mean you're not vital to this team. Buy into your role, and this is a hell of an opportunity to do it against our hated rival. Absolutely, Sam, and love the way you broke that all down. I know we will all be tuned in, paying attention on Saturday to witness another installment of the Kentucky and Louisville rivalry. It runs deep. There's a lot of hate that goes back and forth, so you know it'll be charged up, and hopefully the Wildcats can come out and make a statement and get back on track and start to get this thing rolling in the right direction. And Sam, it's been a little bit since we've talked some football, you know. Bowl season is very strange. They make everyone take a couple weeks off, and then they start to sprinkle the games in here and there, and then... Once you hit this weekend, it really is bowl season and a lot of games to come our way and none bigger for us than with the Music City Bowl. And as this game has been on the calendar now for quite some time, a lot has transpired and a lot has changed for both of these teams. And just to get everybody up to speed and on the same page at this point right now we are looking at the market settling in iowa as a two and a half point favorite in this football game over under sits at 31 so for all of you out there who may be a little bit uh, um, novice when it comes to sports betting and for those of you who may be more proficient with it. I'm sorry, but just going to explain this real quick. With a with a total of 31, Sam, you're looking at a game in a two and a half point spread that, from the odds makers' perspective, should be a very low scoring and tough affair. And a lot of that, as we've touched on in the past, has to do with the fact that you're looking at a Kentucky team that will be without the services of quarterback Will Levis and running back Chris Rodriguez, as well as some other players that are out there. And so definitely a different feel for this game. When you look at the Iowa Hawkeyes, they will also be starting a third-string quarterback on their end with an offense that has struggled to move the ball all season long, regardless of who their quarterback has been. So this is definitely shaping up to be a game that should be a defensive struggle, as I have noted in the past. Looks like the Kentucky Wildcats are preparing to play two quarterbacks in this game when you look at Kaya Sharon, who got the start this season against South Carolina when Will Levis went down, and then a player that not a lot of people have seen much of outside of the practice field, and that is freshman Destin Wade. We talked about him earlier in the podcast this year, coming on to the team at the beginning of the season as a dual threat quarterback, a guy from Tennessee who can really run and sling the ball and did a lot of really good things 
in high school. So should be very exciting, Sam, to be able to see those two get out there, get some playing time, see how this offense looks. Obviously, we will also be without the services of offensive coordinator Rich Gangarello as he has been let go earlier in the offseason. So the Kentucky Wildcats will look to improve upon the offensive side of the ball as far as earlier in the season within this game. And that's kind of where I wanted to start with you, Sam. I think this game really comes down to this side of the ball, and that's the Kentucky offense against a very stout Iowa defense led by standout linebacker Jack Campbell. And they have playmakers at all three levels on their defense, are able to take away the ball and force turnovers at a very high rate. So what do the Kentucky Wildcats need to do on offense to navigate this stout Iowa defense and be able to come away with a fifth straight bowl victory? Yeah, I mean, we're hungry for a fifth straight bowl win, AJ. We're we're coming off the heels of obviously last year's Citrus Bowl W against this Iowa Hawkeyes program. We look to repeat and beat them again in the Music City Bowl. And I think you you brought it to us best. This Iowa defense is for real. They are a top 10 defense in the entire country. We are without Chris Rodriguez. We are without Cavassier Smoke. We are without Will Levis. This is a very unique and fun opportunity to watch this Kentucky Wildcats offense progress with the future of our program and personnel. What we need to do, AJ, is we really, really need to get the ball into our playmakers' hands. We have to do it, AJ. If we want to get a W, we have to get the ball into our playmakers' hands. And what I mean by saying that is we know that we are likely going to be playing Two, not one, two quarterbacks. And, you know, there's always the famous saying, if you've got more than one quarterback, you don't have a quarterback at all. But this is unique because we're in bowl season and there's a lot of moving parts, y'all. But what I'll have to say here is whether it be Sharon or whether it be Wade, whoever's taking the snaps, we have to work to how they're able to get the ball into our playmakers' hands. Like, Dan Key, like Barry and Brown. They're playing, guys, and they're going to be able to make some plays for us. But they can't do it if they don't have the ball in their hands. So look for the Wildcats to not be looking so deep down the field at times, but to be able to creatively free up some of our, you know, amazing talent that we have at wide receiver and offer up looks for them to be able to make plays when the ball is in their hands. Because, A.J., if we're not putting the ball in their hands, we're not going to be able to win this game. And this is a very great defensive team in the Iowa Hawkeyes, led by a heck of a linebacking core. They don't necessarily get after the quarterback exceptionally well, so look for the Wildcats to try to create good, clean pockets for our quarterbacks to have an opportunity to deliver strikes, especially in the short to intermediate distances. I'm talking anywhere between 2 to 12 yards, 15 yards, AJ. We might look down the field a couple of times. It's bull season, y'all. There's going to be some tricks. There's going to be some fun things that happen in this game. Now's the time to pull out all the stops. But I think for the Kentucky Wildcats to be successful, AJ, we have to get the ball out 
clean. We've got to create some clean pockets for our quarterbacks that do not have a lot of experience, so they're not under duress. And I think we got to deliver, you know, short strikes to some of these playmakers and let them go to work and make a couple of guys miss because we know we have that ability. We're going to struggle to run the football. I'm really, I'm really intimidated by that their linebacker play, AJ, because they know how to stop the run, and you saw it all year long. So I think that's something to definitely keep our eyes on. We obviously don't have the same depth that we have had in the past this season at the running back position. So that's something definitely to consider. But I think the next element and the last thing I wanted to mention is look for Destin Wade to get a little more opportunity than we're maybe expecting. Because Sharon is technically AJ on paper, Kentucky Wildcats starting to be going into the Music City Bowl. But I think what Destin Wade has to offer can be what this Wildcats team needs to carve up different looks that maybe this Iowa Hawkeyes team did not prep the last couple of weeks for because he is an extremely useful dual threat. And I think if we don't have a run game, that's maybe one way we can get it going because we can keep the ball in his hands and we can move the pocket at times to where he can get clean looks elsewhere as opposed to just a, a you know, a traditional stand in there quarterback. So I think that's something that I'm actually very excited to see. I think he is the type of player ager that looking well down the road, maybe not obviously next year with, you know, us bringing in Devin Leary, but I, I do think that he could be a quarterback that, Hey, you know, let's test him out in this bowl game. Let's give him an opportunity to, to showcase some of his talent, to get some looks, to cre- gain some confidence. Nonetheless, and then, you know, maybe two years down the road, shoot, we don't know the circumstances. Who knows who's going to be walking through Lexington's doors? But, I mean, that could be a kid that, you know, come time, he could get an opportunity to start for this program. So I'm actually very excited to see what he has to offer. And I would not be surprised if he actually takes majority of the snaps as opposed to, obviously, him not being on paper the starting quarterback. But we know how good this defensive team is in Iowa, AJ. It, it, can can we prove Mythbusters and say, nope, we're going to actually be able to put up some points? Or do you actually think, AJ, given the circumstances of both these teams, given the personnel issues with some of the guys ch- choosing to transfer to, to not play in this bowl game, do you think it actually is going to be an extremely low-scoring affair and every point matters? Because I sure as heck do, but do you think we can do enough to maybe score more than what's anticipated? I would like to think so, Sam, and I'm not going to say that this game is going to blow past the over and be some high-scoring affair by any means. I think if you can get to around 20 to 24 points, you should be able to win this football game. Um, I don't see Iowa posing a whole ton of challenges for our defense as long as we show up to play and play the way that I think we are capable of and the way we showed all season. So if we can do that, then we should give our offense a lot of opportunities to go out there and do some good things, Sam. And I think it all starts up at the line of scrimmage. I think Iowa is a team who can very much manhandle you at the line of scrimmage and control that part of the game. And once they do that, it allows for those playmaking linebackers, safeties, and defensive backs to get after players, force fumbles, intercept the ball, and 
you know, Kentucky's been a team that has been prone to some turnovers this season. So if you allow their defense to force those turnovers and give them the ball on short fields, then you're going to have a tough time beating this team. That's I watched a lot of Iowa football this year. Um, you know, Sam, we talked about them way earlier in the season when I was telling you to bet against them uh, against North Dakota. Uh, was it North Dakota State or uh, somebody of that nature earlier in the season? But and I kept telling people they they can't move the ball on offense whatsoever, and so they were able to open things up a little bit as the year went on. But now with a third string quarterback, they they might have a tough time out there and. They're gritty and they're hard-nosed, but if if we can control the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball, on both sides of the ball, really, then it should bode well for us this game. And Sam, you brought up a really interesting point about Destin Wade in the run game in general, and I don't think lining up and saying we're going to pound the ball up the middle is going to be the best way to go about trying to attack this Iowa Hawkeyes team. I am very interested to see how our offensive line plays. They've had a lot of time off. A lot of these guys will be coming back next season, and so you look for some more continuity there and and for them to kind of start to take that next step in being a more cohesive unit and protecting whoever it is that is in the backfield, whether it's the quarterback or the running back. And I think the way that you're able to do that is, one, you talked about it, Sam, getting the ball out quickly, and that is going to neutralize some of that pass rush, help the quarterback get into the rhythm to create – some easy throws to connect on those and to build out from there. And so another way to attack this Iowa defense, I think, is with the quarterback's legs and the threat of the quarterback run. And that's where I think Destin comes in and and plays a critical role in this game because it is much easier to run the football, I think, I'll show you, I'll give you this as an example, and I'm not saying that we're going to come in and look like the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? They are a very well-oiled machine, but you look at Jalen Hurts, and what he does when he is a threat to run on every play, it freezes the guys on the defense on the line, and they have to make a decision whether they want to try to tackle Jalen Hurts or do they want to try to tackle the running back, Miles Sanders, and they don't know where the ball is going. And so when Miles gets the ball, he is able to bust off these big-time runs, and he has had a breakout season this year, and most of it, in my eyes, has to do with the threat of the quarterback run, and it creates a conflict for the defense and they have to choose and if they you are not in the right position there are going to be massive gaping holes that open up so I look for the Kentucky Wildcats to implore him in some different ways to design some runs for him some play action some RPO game Sam whether he can run it hand it off or pass it those sorts of things get him outside of the pocket, run some naked bootlegs, things of that nature to give him some time, allow some plays to develop and to ultimately move the ball down the field. And I'd like us to take some shots, Sam. You brought up a very good point. We have to get the ball into our playmakers' hands. We have some real-time playmakers that can take advantage of some of these players on the Iowa team. I firmly believe that. So we got to get them the ball. I think the Kentucky Wildcats can go out there and get this W, Sam. I really do. And when we look back at the previous four or five years in our bowl games, 
you've seen a strong resiliency from this Kentucky Wildcats football team under head coach Mark Stoops. You've seen a complete buy-in and a willingness to fight and to try to win this bowl game because the players and the coaching staff understand that this is momentum going into the next year. This means a lot in the recruiting world. This means a lot to the players and the coaches, and they want to go out there and give the fans a fun and exciting experience to end the season so everybody is ready to get back at it next year. And so look for the Kentucky Wildcats to really fight this one out, Sam, and I think if they can keep it close and they can do enough on the defensive side of the ball, should it open up enough possessions and opportunity on the offensive side of the ball for the Wildcats to put up enough points to get it done. You may see some struggles at some times, guys. We're starting two brand-new quarterbacks. Kaya got thrown into the fire earlier this year. Got his legs under him a little bit. Destin hasn't played yet, but still a ton of inexperience. You're missing some key pieces out there. But one thing I do know, Sam, this team will claw, this team will fight, and they will scrap, and they will do everything they can to win this game, whether it comes down to the final play or not. They will lay it all on the line, and I think that's got to have Kentucky fans all over the country extremely excited to watch them play tomorrow and to see some of these young guys and to start to see the direction that this team is headed for next season after a slightly disappointing year this year, but a chance to rebuild and reboot and onward and upward. Absolutely, and I mean... You, you said it, but they are starting that third-string quarterback, obviously, and uh, let's hope history doesn't repeat itself because Kentucky has not had a uh, great history of going up against backups in the, uh, the QB position. So just a little light humor, but l- let's hope that uh, that trend does not continue against the Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, this is an, an offensive team in the Iowa Hawkeyes that ranks 130 out of 131. In offense efficiency, AJ. I mean, they they do not move the ball well. They really struggle. They have a third string quarterback in it. So, what I think it boils down on both sides of the football with two offenses that clearly are struggling. Um, you know, obviously, two very very respectable defenses, both in the top twenty five in the entire country. It's going to come down to, and if you listen to all the preview interviews with Mark Stoops. It's going to come down to not beating yourselves. And, and what that actually is, is who's going to turn the ball over, AJ? I, look, look to this Kentucky Wildcats team to hopefully protect that football with a lot of inexperience on the offensive end. And if they can, if they can come up with a couple of turnovers themselves, AJ, I mean, truthfully, I, I think that that almost boils down to who wins this football game. So you can't beat yourselves. Who's going to turn the ball over is probably the biggest question mark for who's going to win this bowl game. So, I mean, it's something to just keep your eye on. If we lose the turnover battle and somehow win the game, that would absolutely shock me. I mean, our over under as a team total for points, AJ is 14 and a half. I think we get over that, but if we turn the ball over two, three times, I, we're going to really struggle to do that unless, you know, we have a kickoff return and a punt return and a, a pick six or something. But plays like that, I, and while I'm on that subject, I mean, the turnovers, the explosive plays, whoever gets the more momentum plays, AJ, with, with two struggling offenses are is going to come away with a Music City bull W. I, I mean, truthfully. So, you know, who, who can make the biggest play? Who can get a pick six? Who can create a yardage play on a kickoff return or a punt return. So I I think 
those are the, the kind of the the slight advantages that one of these programs is going to have to come up with to walk away with a W. But I love the mentality you have. I think Mark Stoops is going to have this team ready to roll. He always have. We're seeking five straight in bowl season. So I'm pumped up. I know this isn't the most glamorous matchup ever. It was actually, you know, marked as the least watchable game in, in college bowl season, HA. But for me, for you, for all of Big Blue Nation, we'll be tuned in. We'll be ready to go. And it's a big win. Like you said, it's all about momentum. It's all about building a program. And winning bowl games matters, y'all. It really does. So let's sit back and let's let's enjoy the ride. Yeah, Sam, and I think, you know, if any of you guys have been paying attention to the bowl games that have happened so far, we've had a lot of great games. I think if you just watch the game, it's very evident to me that the players care, the coaches care, the fans care. I know that bowl season has been slightly written off at times, but it matters. It really does. It's a huge, important game on Saturday, a chance for all of us to see our Kentucky Wildcats one last time to see a lot of the fresh, young faces, a few of the older guys, send them off the right way. Should be a blast down in Nashville tomorrow, Sam. And BBN, hopefully you got two TVs so you can put the basketball game on one and put the football game on the other. They didn't do us any favors scheduling these both at the same time, but I know I will not be choosing between one or the other. I will just have them both on at the exact same time. That way I don't need to change any of the channels or get up. Sam mentioned something on the podcast a long time ago, and I just want to bring it up real quick before we get out of here, but me and Sam and our family have a little tradition when it comes to the old Kentucky and Louisville basketball game, and if you want to join in, feel free, but you know what me and Sam will be doing during the game, and if Kentucky's got the lead, we're allowed to sit on the couch, all right? If we are not in the lead during the game. We do not have the right to sit on the couch. We must sit on the floor and watch the game there. Those are all the rules. We will be abiding by them. You all can choose to do whatever you want to do. Hopefully, there will be a ton of couch sitting on Saturday instead of the floor sitting. Hopefully, the Kentucky Wildcats can start to gel and mesh as a team and use this big rivalry game as a galvanizing point to extend into the rest of the season. We look forward to the bowl game as well. Can't thank you guys all enough for listening and for tuning in to the All Out Kentucky podcast. Sam, I appreciate your time tonight. Let's get out of here so we can get this wrapped up and get it out to the listeners. We will all be tuned in tomorrow for both the games. Have a good night, and go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. O-C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.